Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and I'll be your host. What I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes, luminaries from the sports science community, and as come to be expected, I'll also provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sport and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. So sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Today is Groundhog Day, and as, what's his name? Something Phil. Puckatuki, what, what the hell is his name? Phil. I think Bill Murray you're talking about. <laughs> as he reared his head up out of the out, out of the uh, the hole, he did not see his shadow, which means we're going to have more winter. And Hunter McIntyre pulled his butt out of that hole as well and is showing himself after a long winter, taking a nice yeah. long break, right? Hey, man, you know, sometimes you just got to sit on the beaches and just relax. You got to work out so much and run around like a crazy person, so I need a little chill pill. But I'm back. I'll tell you what, after that little visit we had this morning, it's been on my mind all day. Yeah. And um, I think the the result of the test that we're going to discuss in a moment are testament of the importance of taking this time off at the end of the season. You're healthy, you're strong, your your numbers came up really nice. You're ready to rock. I'm feeling pretty good. I was actually pretty nervous that you'd find out that um, I was surfing head high waves before I came to see you, and I, I thought if my friends tell you or you find out somehow that I was surfing before a big test like this, you get pissed, but it ended up all paying off, so you can't be angry at me now. No, I'm not going to be. I think it all worked out well. It did. It did, man. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think um, something I realized uh, over the years of training is just how important that downtime is. And someone I, who's my favorite athlete over time was, um, I'm having a brain fart here, it's Dave Scott and Mark Allen. Mark Allen would take like three months of training off completely, and he would always come back with just a fire in his belly, and he'd crush everybody worldwide. So, uh, I think it's it's important for everybody, whether it be you know from business or training, sport, whatever it might be. You need to have that detox, and you know you can really come back and be supercharged. Otherwise, you're just depressed all the time. Well, every great athlete knows that downtime is as critical as the work you do. It took me a long time, man. I'm know, sure a lot of people don't. I know people can't equate rest as a component of progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we did today. Um, I, I goaded you into doing a resting metabolic assessment. Which is the first time I've ever done that. It was pretty exciting. Well, it probably wasn't going in, but coming out, just the information that came away, I think is pretty revealing, don't you? Yeah, well, I, honestly, I, being somebody who's on the heavier side as an athlete, and I, I think a lot of people um, look in the mirror and they say the same thing to themselves. They're like, I need to trim off some pounds so I can get faster. And that ends up being something that becomes a detriment to your success. And eventually you're just riding that line where you're kind of just constantly pulling yourself away from achieving your goals because you keep on eating less. And what those numbers, obviously you can share them, but 
it looks like I need to eat a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of food. Well, let's let's talk about that for a minute, just for those that are listening. Yeah. Um, we found out that when you're at rest, meaning that if you just lie on that cot like you were while we were testing you for a 24-hour period, your body is going to need... Um, I have the paperwork here. I'm trying to... It, it's 20, 27, uh, I think 2,700 calories. 2,693 calories would be required if you didn't do a thing mm-hmm. for a 24-hour period. And then what was really interesting as well is that of all those calories that your body was pulling from, fortunately for you, a great share of them was coming from your fat stores, which is really, really important. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. So a lot of people look at it and go, okay, well, calories, calories, whatever. But if you were to be pulling from your sugar stores while you're sleeping and you're in the fasted state, and typically people are generally fasted for upwards of 10 or 12 hours from their last meal to their next meal, you know, so for example, if you were to have your last meal at 7 o'clock in the evening, your next meal at 7 in the morning, that's 12 hours that you've gone without any food. And if you're at 50% fat utilization versus sugar utilization, that would put you, if that were the case with you, that would have put you at about, um, oh, geez, close to 1,500 calories worth of sugar that would be going away while you're sleeping, which is pretty pretty crazy when you think about it. Which is really important as an athlete because you need that kind of stuff for the intense training. Well, what happens is, let's say you woke up and you decide you're going to throw down a workout before you had something to eat. Mm-hmm. And then at your rate of work, and I'll share that, when you're at a, a moderate amount of work, well, moderate for some, I'd say uh, 150 beats per minute, 1,200 calories per hour. So if you went out and, and threw down an hour worth of work at 150 beats per minute average, That'd be another 1,200 calories that you that you pulled from your energy stores, and even if 50% of that was coming from fat, you'd be 600 calories in the hole before you even got onto your day, and and that becomes a hellbound train. You can't seem to get that to sort out, and then uh, habitually with time it becomes a real problem. So, getting this information up front, getting it early is really really important for establishing a solid training program. No, I mean, dude, I was looking I was thinking of all the numbers while I was driving home. I have a hour long drive from your house and I, I here's one thing that I I was trying to break down in my head. I would run for 3 hours in the morning in Telluride and then bike 3 hours in the afternoon. And I would do that for 3 days straight as like a training camp. So that right there, and those those days, I was pumping 150 beats per minute the whole time, every hour. So that adds up to a lot. Yeah, I know, 6,000. That's 7,200 calories just burnt in in the exercising, and then so let's and then you let's call it 10,000. Yeah, so, and I wasn't eating anywhere near that. I remember we used to sit there. And we would go to the store, and I would get, like, gigantic hummus platters, and I would get, like, a couple sandwiches. But that would add up to maybe, like, 4,000 calories. Well, let's look at it like this now. And I'm glad you brought that up because let's say that in the course of putting together that work, and I understand what you were doing. You were trying to improve your aerobic base. You are trying to drop some body fat. But here's what ends up happening is that 
you're let's just say that if you did a good job, you would have come up short by about three to four thousand calories the first day. Yeah. And, and then collectively, you're digging a hole. So you may notice that you're losing weight, but the most of the weight that's coming off of you is coming from muscle because your body goes into gluconeogenesis. It wants to have that sugar, and if you're not getting enough of it in there, it's mm-hmm. going to start manufacturing it. And then you get into trouble there. And then you're going to find that your cortisol levels, your stress hormones, everything starts to get jacked up and you can't sleep well. And you wake up, and then just as time goes on, you're more susceptible to injury. Um, you could get into all kinds of overtraining syndrome, and, and it's just an ugly thing. So at the end of the day, I like to have this test conducted, and I'm glad, I'm so glad that as we're starting to get you back into your training that we got that done first first thing because – if we can keep you lean, keep you strong as you produce the work, you're you're going to you're going to kill it this year. I'm happy I'm happy, man. We uh I'm happy to tell people uh, who didn't see the Facebook thing. I PR'd in my in my um VO2 max and we didn't even go for the VO2 max test. It was just a threshold test. So um I I think really that's a good indicator of uh just, you know, good rest and um, you know, it's a good it's a good base for the year. But I'm more curious to know, so let's say you keep up that, that, that problem where you're at a deficit of from anywhere from 500 calories to several thousand calories a day. Is that something that is, is going gonna, is gonna to start whacking away at people pretty quickly? Because I, I, at the end of every single season when I'm trimming calories, I end up kind of getting skinny fat. Like I, I, I remember I'm looking at these pictures. I'm running really, really well because I'm, I'm white. But I look at myself in these pictures and I look like a, like a, I look like uh, what was the name of that that doughy character? Oh my gosh! But basically, I look like um, Gumby. I look, I know I look like Gumby. I'm like I'm this like this noodle character. I'm like, what the flip happened to you, dude? You used to be a stud. And yeah, we had this conversation, you know, after the test, and, and I was trying to make a point, and uh, I'm going to try to build on what, I, what we discussed. And what I said was, a lot of guys are looking for that edge, and they're looking for all ways to try to manufacture an edge, and, and the, you know what I'm talking about. It could, yeah. be, it could be a supplement that, the, that is promising to give you some type of return, it might be that you put on a training mask and, you know, you're supposed to improve your O2 uptake because you use a training mask. And all these different devices and circumstances that you're, you're, you're delving off into spending money on, hoping that it's going to put you in a better place, where, in fact, probably the most powerful thing you could do is get your nutrition sorted out. And most people just take that for granted, especially if they're apparently the lean. So when you look good in your jeans, you know, you got that Calvin Klein look working and you think, you know, you're all about the rock star look and, and you think it's all golden. And where, in fact, daily your body could just be munching on muscle and really starting to cut into your potential for fitness. And I've said it a hundred times if I said it once, it comes down to your strength to weight ratio. And strength is muscle and how much you're moving is your weight. And if you're sacrificing muscle to move mass, it's not going to work out for you. So it becomes a really big deal. And it's just, it's overlooked. A lot of people don't think about it. And I just, like last year, decided that with uh, the clinics we do as we travel, that I wanted to start doing these resting tests 
And most of the people that we've tested, and you asked me this earlier, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll share that you asked me, what do you figure the percentage of people are that you test, these OCR athletes, that are not getting enough food, that are underestimating what they should be getting? Yeah. And or overestimating what they should be getting. And, and what we what we figured out was it's probably about 75% of the people I see are not getting near enough the food they should get. And I, I'll share with you that just a couple of weeks ago, I had a fellow come to see me as a triathlete. He's getting ready to do Ironman. And we tested, Love it. we tested him, and I told him that he needed probably well, another 12 to 1,500 calories more than he was getting assuming that he's not doing a ton of work. And he was afraid that by adding that extra calories, he was going to start getting fat. Well, we've been writing his nutrition and been working with him for the last uh, three or four weeks now. And he called my wife just the other day and said, you know what, I, I am so blown away by how much better I'm sleeping, how much better I feel, and how much better my workouts are going, and I'm not gaining mm -hmm. any weight. Because I'm eating all this more food, and I'm not gaining any weight. Yeah, I wish I had that problem. Well, I, I, think, you, I think you will be surprised. It's a function. And by the way, while, before we started this show, I was mashing numbers, and I was trying to get a sense of how these calories ought to play out for you. And I think you probably ought to bust those 5,000 calories you need up into about six meals a day. Yeah. And if you were on a schedule of about every three to three and a half hours of eating, um, that would take you from when you wake up till about seven in the evening, and you should be fine. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be too much food at all. No, look, I'll tell you, I, I, I bulked up and I was eating calories, ideally matching the numbers that you're suggesting right now, just recently doing a lot of heavy weightlifting, and that that's definitely a – another contributor to me gaining so much size, but I, I got up to 210 pounds and I just weighed on in on your scale at 2002 with my sweatshirt on. But I mean, I take that off. Maybe I'm 200. That's still a pretty heavy boy for running, but we're going to work on it because you know what? I do think that there's a way of getting back down to those numbers and making it all work out because I've read a lot about Michael Phelps. And also I do a lot of research on, on cyclists and rowers, because I think those guys are the people who are probably the most in tune with work capacity and nutrition involved. And their, their, their calorie intake is through the roof, and they all seem to be so ridiculously lean. Well, we talked about this too, and uh, I'm going to refer people back to one of the podcasts I did uh, a couple episodes back, which was uh, entitled uh, The Endurance Diet. And it was an interview I did with Matt Fitzgerald, dear friend of mine. Just I just started listening. Just released a new book on, uh, on, you know, the work he did where basically he traveled around the world. He met with some of the greatest endurance athletes on the planet. And the goal was to just kind of take a look at the way they're feeding. And the sheer volume of food that these athletes were putting in relative to their size is just crazy to think about. And what was interesting about this, the common thread among all these athletes was that their carbohydrate intake was so high. They were about 70% carbohydrate intake. And, I mean, I can't even start to begin to tell you the number of calories they were consuming. But they were throwing down. They were putting in the work. When you start talking to me about the type of workout you were suggesting where you were running and cycling and whatever and burning 
you know, scads of calories in a given day, um, you have to repay that debt. I mean, no, I get it. Yeah, it, it just and a lot of people just don't seem to to get that. They, um, I, I'm looking at guys that are taking in less than 2,000 calories a day, and somebody got them onto the idea that they should, you know, restrict their carbohydrate intake, and they're trying to do endurance sports. And I'm, I'm just telling you that doesn't work. It just does not work. I've been doing this a long time, and I don't see success behind that. Now, you're, he'd probably shoot me if I told you this, but I sat down with Mark. Uh, I saw Mark Sisson the other day in the gym. I'm sure you, you know of him, and he's doing a lot of research on ketogenesis right now. Right. And, you know, I picked, you know, I picked his brain. He's a very knowledgeable person, even though he may be on the other side of the fence than you. But um, you guys should definitely get him on the podcast sometime. I feel like you guys would have a great conversation. Well, we probably would. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, here's the thing, and you know me, Hunter. You know, you know me well enough, long enough now, to know that I'm pretty conservative when it comes to all this. Mm-hmm. And my conservatism comes from the fact that I do these tests. I physically am using people like lab rats to figure out how. <clears throat> excuse me, how things shake out. <laughs> I've just choked on myself. I know. So. If, if if I take a thousand athletes, and over the course of a thousand athletes, I bump into somebody that's on this paleo diet, or I bump into somebody that's this fat adapted diet, or I bump into somebody that's got this, you know, this this notion that they need to segregate the calories from fat and carbs, and I've seen it all, and I've been doing this for close to thirty years now. I've seen all of it, mm-hmm. and at, when we when we put them under the mask and we do the assessments. It's going to bear itself out. It's either your body's doing a good job of using calories or it's not. And fortunately, I don't know what the method behind your madness was. I didn't. We didn't get into great detail behind it, but you were doing really well. You got a very healthy metabolism, and uh, your VO2 test was was uh, was rock solid. I'm very very pleased to see it. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to be complete full disclosure. This is what I've done for the past three months. I got. I was in peak shape leading up into, you know, Spartan race OCR worlds. And my big goal was to go after the hundred mile at WTM and I got a knee injury. So I kind of just dropped off endurance entirely. And I switched over and, uh, into just heavy lifting. You know, I just took the fitness and the energy I had and, and all the anger that I kind of had from getting injured and put it into heavy lifting. And I basically dropped off the endurance volume from, you know, 25 hour weeks to, 25 hour weeks of weightlifting and circuit training. And, um, honestly, I, I've, I've probably put in 50 miles since no, not even, I probably put in like, I put in about 30 miles since October of running. So that's it. That's the formula. If you want to have a good test. Well, let me just tell you this, that's yeah. going to go away. We're going to, get, we're going to start ramping up that volume. I know. We're going to get back to work. Um, we're going to get you there, and whether you race at 190 or 185, that's yet to be determined. But I yep. think I think we can get you to a place where, you know, you know what the cool thing about you is you're learning. Every season you get smarter. And I, I I think everyone should. I, I was having this conversation with a man yesterday. I think one of the biggest problems with competitors in sports is they allow they allow themselves to their, all of their knowledge and all of their understanding of what they're doing to be dictated by the, the, 
the workouts that they get from either online or some coach that told them to do it, blah, blah, blah. I, I spend every hour of every day reading and also talking to people like yourself or bumping into Mark Sisson. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the goal. But um, I pose a question to you of the information that we abstracted today from the resting metabolic rate and also being able to look at the threshold thing. What do you think people can gain the most from by looking at those? Because that was one the most important question, like how people were, were posting on the Facebook live thing. How do I take this information and make it a valuable institution into my training? Well, it's a complicated question. And that's why they see me, not for me to just hand them numbers and send them home. What, yeah. we, ha- what we have to do then is we have to sit down, we have to look at the information and start making a plan. Mm-hmm. See, I I was able to get more from the test for me, for you, than I could just hand over to you and have you implement, if that makes any sense. Because yeah. I have a really strong feeling about the way your intervals should look. I have a really strong feeling about how many calories you should be getting daily. I have a really good feel about how your aerobic work should look. And then we just have to look at the mechanical aptitude, how you're moving. Make sure that you're staying healthy with the way you move, get stronger, more force production off the ground, and just get more and more and more out of that engine that you have. Because, you know, what people don't know, and, you know, I, again, I, I recommend that, I'm gonna, I said it earlier, I'm going to try to put the link on this, on this podcast if people want to find it that way. But the live thing we did, which was the first time I've ever done it, I probably will never do it again. <laughs> but the, well, at least we're going to get more refined with it. Yeah. What the the cool thing about what we did is we've 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 shared with people what this information is all about, and you know I'm not trying to bang my drum. You can run into a lot of people that are very capable of this, and maybe they can help you. But in your regard, um, I know enough about you, and I know enough about what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, with this information now, we're armed and we know what to do moving forward. And so, uh, you know, in, in keeping with the, what you said about um, reading and getting knowledgeable and not depending on something you download off the Internet or, you know, trusting some coach to provide you with, I don't trust my own information. And you probably recall during the course of the test, somebody's asking, like, what do you predict his threshold would be? What do you predict his VO2 would be if you pushed him? I don't do predictions. I don't need to do predictions. That's the reason I invested in the equipment I have in order to test you, is so I can find out very precisely what's going on. And so I don't draw conclusions based on prediction. I look at what's going on, and based on that information, we go to work. Well, I'm looking forward to my friend. But you know what? For anybody who doesn't have this resource, not to downplay what you do, but is there anything someone can do to basically try to uh, self, like, you know, self-create this at home? Um, well, the, I could probably the most important thing that they can do at home is, first of all, understand and have a very strong sense of what their aerobic potential is. Because if you're running around feeling like you're doing an aerobic workout, and in fact, you're anaerobic, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think the smart thing to do in the absence of being able to get tested is not to, not to, not to guess. Um, be very conservative. 
And so, for example, the Maffetone uh, measurements that uh, he uses, the equations he uses, like 180 subtractor age, that puts everybody in a really conservative place. And then it becomes a comparative value. Um, then if you're working in increments of 10 to 15 beats above that number in your intervals, you're probably in a good place. And I should share that on this podcast site, and if you're not there, if you're on iTunes or what have you, you might want to visit the naturalrunningcoach.net. On the coaching page, there are a couple of images. One of them says training the dark side. In training the dark side, I talk about how to take this information and parlay it into intervals that are very, very effective for developing your lactate tolerance training. And I think that that's really, at the end of the day, the two things you need to worry about metabolically is when you're aerobic and what to do when you're not. And with those two bits of information, you're golden. So in other words, let's just recap. 180 beats per minute, subtract your age. Let's call that your aerobic number. Going to stay pretty close to that as best you can when you're trying to be aerobic. Getting above your threshold, 10 to 15 beats up from that number, and doing some intervals relative to the scheme that I created for this, what I call training the dark side, I think you should be in a good place. And then the other element of it is, and we have, it's not the theme of this, this show, is making sure you're moving well. Because I don't care what your metabolic cost of work is, if you're moving poorly, the odds of being injured are very, very high. Yeah, that's the next thing i got to work on, because sometimes i got the stanky leg. <laughs> stanky leg. Not, <laughs> nothing worse than the stanky leg. No, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we do in 2017. Okay, look, we've got to talk about this, because I promised we would. Okay, real quick. Just give me a couple minutes. We're talking about the – we're talking to, I should say, the champion of Steve Austin's skull – what the hell is it? The Broken Skull Ranch. Oh, yeah. Dude, Come get some. You know, I get so excited when I watch you do that. I mean, you kicked their asses. <laughs> you well, kicked their asses. I, I grew up doing that stuff. I grew up doing that stuff. So it's kind of just like it was second nature. It was fun. Well, this uh, that little fire plug that you that you beat beat up in the in the uh, in the uh, wrestling component there for the yeah. Uh, well, he was not happy, man. He was just an angry little guy, right? Oh man, he wanted to kill me. You, they, I mean, they, they obviously had to cut things short because of the time constraints of the show. But man, the guy was going off for a while after we were done wrestling, kicking shit, throwing around, screaming. Oh, I mean, he's a really nice guy, but he was just so upset. And there's people everywhere. It's a gigantic cat, like you know. There's a gigantic production team trying to, you know, make this whole thing work and the guy's flipping out in front of everybody. I'm freaking out like he's going to whoop a gun out and blow me away. But, uh, you know, it was it, – it, it's a lot of fun. It's like, you know, it's just like an awesome like, – it's like summer camp, but at the same time there's a lot of money on the line. You guys are really beating each other to death trying to get that money. So, uh, honestly, I, I have to say that's something I look forward to pretty much more than anything else during the year. Um, I obviously train for OCR, and I, I love that. That's my sport and passion. But being able to um, have something where I can kind of walk away from the uh, the OCR scene and try something out that's fun on TV, my family can tune in and watch, my friends, people like yourself, whoever wants to watch it, they can see it and get a kick out of it. So and to me, I, there's nothing better than And also Stone Cold is 
is pretty much the coolest person in existence. You know, the other thing that I thought about today while I was thinking about all these things is mm-hmm. that, you know, he's talking about coming back next season with uh, new obstacles and blah, blah, blah. And I came up with a really cool idea. And I'm going to run it by you. So let's take everybody. Let's say you got the eight guys, right? Yeah. And you take all eight of the guys one at a time, and they got to go through the obstacle course first. Mm-hmm. And then you you separate the, the wheat from the chafe based on whether they're able to, um, A, finish the uh, the uh, skull crusher, whatever he calls it. And skull buster. Skull buster. And then what you do is you, uh, you know, the top four guys with the best times, then they go back and they do the rest of the other stuff instead of getting through all that stuff before you get the, the obstacle course. What do you think of that? Well, so run it um, reverse, basically. I, I'm willing to try it however they throw it at me, honestly. It's not in my control, but I'm th- I've got a lot of ideas that I've been thinking up. I've been brewing up for uh, 2017 season, so if I can get in there and brainstorm with the guys a little bit, that'd be a blast. As of right now, um, I am pretty sure that Stone Cold is going to be bringing a lot of ridiculous things in 2017 because I don't think they like me sitting on top. I'm sure they're all fans of me in some way, shape, or form, but they're definitely going to bring something hard to buck me off. Everybody wants to take out the guy that's on top. I know, dude. You should see some of the comments people write on Facebook. People are so mean. I'm like, I don't even want to go back on. I'm so mean. Like, that kid with the the fluffy hair is a total jackass. I hope he dies. (laughs) You know what? You beat the shit out of those guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just did. And they don't like it, you know. I'm just here to tell you. I I mean, obviously I'm, I'm partial, but, you know, if you, you know me, if I thought you sucked, I'd tell you. Hey, look, what rightfully so, man. And uh, you know what? I, 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 I'm going to keep on going back, and I'm going to give myself 110% to whatever I, uh, I face during that show. And I hope that I keep on staying up there. And um, you know what? I'm willing to take all the shit that comes with being the champ because it feels pretty goddamn good. But uh, That last dude that you, that you, uh, you went up against, for the uh, the obstacle course, what is it yeah. called? What is this called? Skull what? The skull bust, skull, skull buster. buster. Yeah. He was in awe. He looked yeah. at you. He goes, "I am not believing you beat me by what was it, thirty or forty seconds?" No, I got him by like a minute and twenty. Oh yeah, whatever it was. He's like, he was like, dude. I thought he was going to get on his knees and kiss your ring. No, you know what though? That kid Ian is a, a absolute stud, and he kind of gets stuck in a hard place because he's gone up against me twice like that. He is a national champion wrestler, and if I had ever went up against him in the ring, it would have been like a rag doll against a crocodile. Yeah, so, unfortunately I'm, for him, he didn't have to have that happen. Yeah, I know, I know. But um, I appreciate the sport, man. Uh, you know how it is. I, I'm looking forward to bringing back that energy into the 2017 season, see if I can slip some of the Spartan racers' elbow while I'm out there on the course. Oh, my God. Yeah, but there's no rules against that in the race book. Nope. Nope. Well, look, Hunter. You know it's it's go time now. You and I are gonna go to work. We're gonna we're gonna serve. We're gonna go to war. We're gonna go to war. Well, I guess that's another way of playing it. Yeah. But but uh, <laughs> we've got some solid data. We got we're we're vicious. We're angry. We're not angry. We're we're, we're not angry. We're, we're friendly. We're pumped. We're pumped. Yeah, we're pumped. And, well, I, I, and listen, I, don't let me down. I'm telling you. 
I'm getting old, uh, man. I can't. I can't take it. You got to be able to throw down for me this year. I got it. Well, guys, anybody, anybody who's listening in, um, I have to say first and foremost, uh, this isn't just Rich and I patting each other on the back. It's we're good friends. We've been friends for years now, and um, I'm happy I was able to seek him out and have him as a good advisor th- through my entire career. But if anybody's listening in and you're thinking about it, I would reach out to him, learn as much as you can, and uh, try to improve your life in some way, shape, or form because it changed mine and. Uh, that's all I'm going to give you, Rich. Uh, well, that's that's plenty. So, uh, yeah. look, um, we will we will talk again soon. Thank you so much for coming on, Hunter. Hunter McIntyre, the sheriff, the baddest Adi- guy at the uh, Broken Skull Ranch. Sure. Adios, peeps. All right. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.